In the last episode, we talked about planning. You know, everyone makes plans for their life, career, family, finances, church, ministry, online content, whatever it may be. Um, But how do we effectively make plans without becoming more committed to our plans than we are to God? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Above Approach Church Podcast, a podcast created for the local church. Our goal is to tackle tough church issues through thoughtful conversations like the one you're about to hear. Whether you're a church leader or a layperson, we pray this episode empowers you to play your role within the global, timeless family of God. This is Above Approach Church Podcast. Okay. So we're talking about planning today. Planning. Okay. We didn't plan to talk about this, but this is a continuation for the last episode. We figured we didn't really get to the content community and creators aspect of things, and we wanted to expand on that idea of planning within those contexts. So um, if you didn't watch the last episode, you totally can. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can watch it now, or you you can continue with us here and then watch it after this. But we're just going to get right to it. You know, when it comes to planning faithfully as believers without assuming more control than we have, um, there's three topics we want to explore today, as we do in every episode, which, again, refers to um, our, our content, our communities, and being effective creators, image bearers of God on the planet. So, mm-hmm. um, what are the benefits of having content um, as a strategy or a plan? Meaning, mm. everyone is, I don't know. Content doesn't just fall into the category of art. You know, we've talked about this before. Parents, you're you're creating an environment, an atmosphere for your kids. You're you're in some way, shape, mm. or form. Maybe you're homeschooling your kids, creating content for for them in that regard. Content is not always this entertainment, mindless thing where you just you just soak it up. Content can be mm. what what books they're reading, what music they're listening to, uh, what shows you let them watch. So. You know, I, I think when it comes to the content we digest, the content that we publish, the content that we encourage other people to, to watch and engage in, there should be a kind of strategy. For instance, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a YouTube individual and I plan out the videos I'm going to make. Yeah. Um, a pastor, I used to do this in youth ministry, I would have a content strategy. I didn't have that terminology then, but I called it back then uh, my, my sermon calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pastor Stewart actually taught me to do that. He said, nice. map out you know, the sermons you want to do for the next six months so yeah. you at least have a general direction. And what I didn't know is what was is that I was forming a content strategy, a plan mm-hmm. for how I was going to deliver content to the youth. And so what are the benefits, do you think, um, yeah. of having a content strategy or plan in place as Leaders, as content creators, as parents, as whatever role you play in the body. I don't think this is just exclusively to creators. Sure, yeah. uh, We had to really think about that. I'm trying to think of how I might apply it to the average individual who's like, I don't make content. I'm so going to think about that while you keep going. Yeah, I think in all aspects, when we are strategizing with content and the content that we'll create, Again, like that, that's adapting to parenthood, uh, to your relationships in your marriages and, uh, all this different stuff. It, it just, it can adapt to all different, you know, forms of life and, you know, walks of life and where you're at. But I think it gives you direction. I think it all, overall that keeps you accountable in your purpose and where you're, where you're going. Not only that, it can also, you know, help lead to consistency, um, in your life. And I think when you have a, 
content strategy, the content plan, um, you know, whether it's in leadership, you know, you're, you're seeking after, uh, unifying in a group, you're seeking after unifying if it's in a relationship, you know, with your partner, uh, it all leads to bettering and maturing and growing. But ultimately I think it keeps you in line with the direction that, that God is leading you to ultimately. Cause that's what we're talking about is, you know, our purpose and, and striving to, you know, how we can benefit the kingdom of God, you know, through content creation. Consistency and direction Two key points. We want to really focus in on is that when you put a strategy in place when it comes to and what i mean is like how much will you put let's say you're a youtuber like me sure um or you're yeah let's just go with that one let's just say you're creating content and uh you're just getting started in the online space how much content are you going to put out on a weekly basis yeah what time are you going to schedule those content those pieces of content to come out will you go live will you do shorts will you just do five to seven minute videos is it audio yeah. Is it video what's the topics is it a series? All these different questions kind of begin to form mm-hmm. your content strategy. In other yeah. words, it becomes the blueprint you use to effectively not just deliver Christian content mm-hmm. or as a pastor a sermon, but but the actual framework of all that. So, you know, I think of my time as uh, a youth pastor going through series, different sermon series sure. that we do. Um, because I don't want to just keep this in a YouTube context. I want to think for those of you that are in leadership, ministry, whatever it may be, mm. as as a, a youth pastor, I used to at least map out somewhat of what the series would look like. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, there are probably six-ish weeks we'll hang out here. Sometimes it'd go much longer. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'd three weeks in, I'd go, this is boring and I have nothing else <laughs> to talk about, you know. So I need to cut it off because the kids are falling asleep. I can mm-hmm. see their eyes glazing over mm-hmm. and we're done here. And so I would at least have a general idea of direction, where mm-hmm. I was taking them, how long it would be, and then consistency. It allowed me to actually stay consistent when I had a plan in place. So, mm. you know, th- the conversation becomes how much, and this is like one of the biggest questions I often get as a teacher, as a preacher, mm. as um, a minister is, how much should our content contain an element of spontaneity? Mm. In other words, we don't want to like limit the movement of the spirit. I don't want to limit God working spontaneously through a sermon or whatever yeah. it is that I'm developing and writing a book. Yeah. So, you know, how much room should I make for that element of anything spontaneous might happen as mm. the spirit leads? Mm. And when does it actually become too much when you're just like this mm. free flowing? Yeah. You know, I'm just the river. I just go with the wind. Yeah. The wind ain't blowing. So where are you going? <laughs> Nowhere today. So there should be, it shouldn't be so loose that there's mm. zero direction, right. zero purpose, yeah. and zero consistency. Yeah. So how do we think about this when it comes to, I guess, doing our best with what God has given us? I mm-hmm. don't want to be too spontaneous, but I also don't want to be this strict, legalistic person that's like, God's going to do it this way. I planned it. Yeah. God's not always going to work within your plans, well, though, you think. And again, like we, we've talked about it the past couple of episodes, like allowing the spirit to move in the in-betweens, like in between the lines of your planning. I think that's one of the most beautiful thing things that you can do is allow, you know, for room for the spirit to come in and, and honestly invade, you know, what you have planned because, 
you know, in those moments, like we talked about last episode is like one of the most special moments that you'll have. Like Mm -hmm. some of the moments that I I recall back on the most in like youth ministry have been moments where it's just been spontaneous and we're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, we're going to do this time. Like, I mean, there, there's plenty of times and whether it was, uh, the prayer series that we did back in youth group or the abide series where we were going and we had these plans and things like that. But then all of a sudden you're like, okay, like I actually feel like the spirits, you know, leading us to do this tonight. And, it was special because, you know, we, we prayed about it. You prayed about it and, and, and sought after the spirit and what the spirit wanted, you know, for us to, to do as a group. And, you know, we all agreed on that because, you know, you were our leader and, you know, we felt that you were, you know, strong enough in, in prayer and, and discerning where you were like, yeah, like, let's do this thing. And you guys and were wrong, dead wrong, dead, absolutely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I made a mistake. It was awful. <laughs> but I mean, like, something as spontaneous as, and, and I don't know if it was necessarily planned in your mind, but I think it kind of popped up randomly. There was a time that I look back on a youth ministry when, uh, you, you were like, Hey, let's do like a Q and a like series, like where it's not necessarily going to be like sermon based, but we're actually going to have like breakout groups where we mm-hmm. go and we talk about these serious subjects and it like, you're having a hard conversation, but it led to people. It led to these students asking questions that maybe they're not able to ask yeah. normally in a youth group because they're That's just fun. sitting down and, you know, and listening and things like that. And again, you just see the spirit move and it also empowered your leaders too. It empowered me and empowered, you know, people like Taylor Jackson and Sean and Caitlin and like, mm-hmm. All these people, right, who are, who had a part and a piece, but it also gave you an opportunity to trust and, and trust in your leaders. And, you know, I think that, again, it correlates to, ev- like, any aspect of, of life, you know, whether uh, you're entrusting, you know, your leaders in a small group setting, whether you're entrusting, you know, your spouse or, you know, it just, it just it relates in other areas as well. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, that's a good point because what I have listed out here is content communities and creators, but the idea of the spirit of God spontaneously leading you to do something you didn't plan falls under every category of life, Mm -hmm. whether it's with your finances or in your family, or you Mm. planned a vacation and now God's saying, actually, I want you to do this. And you're like, Whoa, or, you know, those youth group nights where it's like, I worked hard on this sermon and God goes, yeah, trash it. I have something brand new Mm. that you didn't know I was going to do. And I go, oh, dang, that makes me look stupid, but if that's mm. what you're asking me to do. So this idea of planning and strategizing does not just relate to mm. uh, content creation. We're just contextualizing it in that way. This is for your life. Yeah. For your life, there's going to be those spontaneous moments where God is asking you to do something you didn't plan. And how do mm. you how do you navigate that? Well, I think having a plan in place for everything in life, some general sense of where we're going and what we're doing so we can be consistent. That's helpful. So let's break it down in a a community kind of culture context. I think most people resonate more with this. Um, What does it even mean to have a plan or a strategy for the communities we're a part of? Mm. Think about the local church you're a part of. Think about the family you're in, whether you're a kid or you're a parent leading kids. Mm. Think about your organization that you, maybe you're just another employee, but you're a part of something bigger than yourself. All these different, your neighborhood, your city, Mm. all these different community contexts we find ourselves in, what does it mean to even have like a strategy and a plan Mm. for the communities God has placed me in? Mm. And I, I think of Paul... Every time he started a church community, yeah. he did have a general blueprint that mm-hmm. there would be elders, 
He would be there discipling after people receive the gospel. Right. He'd be there inspiring and encouraging and instructing. He'd stay there sometimes six months, sometimes two years. Hmm. But either way, he was there to train up after evangelizing. He'd gather, you know, he'd all these different things. There was a general blueprint and a strategy for what a godly community would look yeah. like. You know, so what do you think it means to have a plan. Let's say I'm not a leader. I'm sure. just a local church mm. attendee, not just, but I'm a part of the body, right? And I go on Sundays and that's kind of the extent of my involvement sure. in church. Mm. Well, why, what does it mean for me to have a plan for the community yeah. I'm in? I don't have a say in that. Well, yeah. you kind of do. Yeah. You kind of do. So I think ultimately it's expectations. Uh, you know, what expectations do you have for the community? Are you seeking to get something out for yourself um, or are you seeking to invest in others? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's different questions you can ask yourself, but ultimately it's an expectation that you're setting uh, for that community that you're a part of. You know, are, are they a gospel-driven community? I want to see if, like, if that comes into fruition, you know, whether it's through their events that they do, whether it's through, uh, you know, worship nights or even in, in main service, you know, on a Sunday morning or whatever night of the week that you're, or morning of the week that you do it. I think it honestly is, is you know, not necessarily you setting the standard, um, but seeing how, you know, your community fits the standard of the gospel. How, do, how does your community strive to, uh, whether you're a YouTuber, like, are you fitting the frame of giving the glory to God? And is, how is that, you know, playing throughout your content creation and things like that? If you're, you know, creating content for a youth group, um, something as simple as that, you know, and I, and I, and if I'm just like a a lay leader, I guess, like Mm -hmm. not necessarily like in leadership, but I'm there, you know, in volunteering, you have goals and you have, you know, aspirations for the youth group. But I mean, it's not all about you, but honestly it, it is seeing like, are these, are these, uh, is the leadership team that I'm a part of, is it hitting the fundamentals of the Bible and, and aligning in God's character and what he wants for us? I think mm-hmm. that's honestly what it is because I mean, any other way than it, it's all pointing towards me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what I can get out of it and what I can receive out of it rather than, you know, how can we work as a group, as a team, um, to honestly just glorify God through what we're doing here. You're asking questions to help you know, I guess, think about the communities you're in. Mm -hmm. What are they now? And then let's just say they're not a gospel-oriented church. Sure. And they're not about equipping disciples, and they're not about the glory of God. But God has called you there to be Mm. the change and be a part of directing them towards that. Mm. That's kind of, you said, expectations and within that is every time I go into some kind of community, yeah. I have a set of assumptions about that community. Sure. I have expectations for that community. Um, and so I think what it means to have a plan for the community you're in is to say, I want to play my part in mm. helping this community go towards whatever goals mm. God has for that community, the the agenda for that community. I want to play a role in, you know, moving people towards Jesus. Yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of us just approach every community, mm. online communities, video game communities, whatever your community is, mm. we approach communities with this self, this entitled 
kind of what is this community going to do for me? Yeah. And I think to have a strategy in place is to say, hey, here's what I'm going to do for this community. Here's how I'm going to use my gifts. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm going to empower the leadership and, and serve and yeah. build people. Yeah. Here's how I'm going to play my role. Mm. Here's where I'm going to get involved. Here's how my kids will start to disciple other kids. You start mm. to develop a strategy. You don't just show up on a Sunday morning to church anymore and go, oh, the pastor has something to really get me pumped about because mm. I don't want to be here. Now you're going into to your church community and going, I have a plan. Whether mm. the leadership's a part of it or not, God has called me and equipped me to play my role yeah. and, and have a plan in place to make this a better community. Yeah. I don't need permission necessarily to make mm-hmm. a place a better community, but maybe I would eventually talk to the leadership and go, hey, I notice there's some gaps I'd like to fill. Can you yeah. show me how I might be able to do that or yeah. where you need help? I have a plan to be a benefit here mm-hmm. and to add value here. That's a helpful way to think about yeah, it, too. I think some of you may or may not be basketball fans, but this actually came up this week. Uh, if you know or not, Giannis uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, they just lost in the series, and it's kind of unexpected. You know, They seem like the mm-hmm. top dog and things like that, and he was asked this question. I think it actually relates perfect with what we're Is talking about. One? Yeah. And it was one of the coolest conversations that I've ever seen, like see a sports player answered, you know, in, in media and things like that. And basically what, what he was asked is, do you view this season as a failure? And you can just see him kind of like rubbing his, you know, his head, like, how could you even like ask that question? Kinda Which is kind of funny because you, I mean, you, it seems like a kind of regular question that somebody would ask, like, you know, do you view it as a failure? Like, I mean, it's an honest question. But it's a Giannis the way, question. Yeah, a Giannis question. Good, <laughs> good wordplay right I there. Know, right? Bar. Such a dad. <laughs> um, but his answer was, you know, Michael Jordan, who's viewed as mm. to some as the greatest of all time, he played 15 seasons, and he won six out of those, you know, 15 seasons where the other nine a failure. And I guess, like, what it all points to is, you know, how, what is your version of success? And I think that's where it comes, like, into this conversation is, you know, what's a successful group to you? Mm-hmm. And I think the best teammates are the best role players in these groups. Because the more that you can do the best in your role and not go outside of that role and try to, you mm-hmm. know, necessarily expand yourself to, or, or to better yourself the more healthy first and foremost that your group will be right because you're not trying to force something that maybe God hasn't designed you to be but then also like you get to be a part of something that's greater than yourself and i think that's where it all ties into this conversation because you know players like giannis they're superstars right and there's a high expectation and things like that well you know do you have a a high expectation of yourself that's greater than what god has given you Mm-hmm. Like look at look, like ask yourself a real question. You know what what has God called me to, and bring it back to the basis. Like what is success in in God's eyes, and you know what in whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like if I take a loss by trying something, it's not a failure. You're it just can learning. Be perceived as well. Yeah, you're learning and and you're growing. And I think that also ties into what you can do as a group, as a team. When I'm, you know, when I'm approaching uh, this this community based, you know, what whatever it is for you, well, you're, you're wearing a Kings jersey. You're a part of the I Kings am, community. I am a part of the Kings community. <laughs> and this it's season, not a Mac to me, jersey, but it's a jersey. Yeah, and I, for me, like again, if you don't know sports, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, they're getting lost. We we were out of the playoffs for 17 years, 
16 seasons. That's a senior in high school, never seeing the Kings make and the playoffs. I'm literally, I literally, like, my whole <laughs> life, like, don't remember the Kings in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. It's been a majority of my life. And the coolest, you know, part about it is I get to watch them now, like, build a culture and be successful. Why? Because it started from the leadership. It started from, you know, the head coach, the GMs, and all this different stuff. We're getting real sporty. But, like, this all does tie into what we're talking about. Where You're saying the best teammates want to help their team. Yes. And, and it, it starts with the leader like mm-hmm. who is your leader do you know your leader do you know what they're about do you know their values do you know their character i think that helps you understand your community better and it also helps you to know how you can play your role better mm-hmm. within the team and sometimes those things aren't explicitly clear but what tanner's saying is the best teammates are asking how can i benefit my team the most yeah not all about me i'm not self-centered and entitled to them making my life better it's what do i bring to the table Mm. and how do i play my supporting role so well and that's i think what it means to have a plan is you know obviously your local church community just to use that as an example your local church community and the leadership probably have a vision for your church uh, if you're a pastor and, and a leader, you probably have a vision for your church. You yeah. have a set of goals. You have an idea of where you want to be in 10 years. You you have some milestones you want to hit and what you want to accomplish. And so as a local church attendee comes in, another brother or sister in Christ, uh, their role is going to be, if you, if you are definitely hearing from God about the vision, mm-hmm. then their role is going to fit in to yeah. that. Not the vision of one man or a set of leaders, yeah. but hopefully the vision of God biblically for his global church. Yeah. And so when we say, I have a plan, what I'm saying is, hey, I'm you know getting to know my local church pastor and, and the elders and trying to hear their heart and, and know where they want to be so yeah. I can figure out how I can jump on board mm-hmm. and not accomplish their purpose and their vision, yeah. but accomplish what I believe God wants to do through them. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you, you can trust that they're hearing from God. If they're not, that's a different mm-hmm. story. Um, but you know, second question is, to what degree should we hold ourselves and our communities to the plans we make hmm. without being overly you know, strict to the point that we're hindering the movement of the spirit? Because hmm. I see a lot of my world is church leaders. My world is online Christian content creators. And I see a lot of people doing that hmm. where where they actually make plans and then they go. I'm going to force God into this plan I made mm-hmm. and he's going to fit here and he's going to do this instead of making a plan and trusting God will shape that into whatever he wants. They mm-hmm. shape God into the, whatever hole is in mm-hmm. their plans for him to fit. Mm-hmm. And so how do we, whatever community we're a part of, let's say you're an online you know, content creator and you're developing a community and you're yeah. starting to see people come into your community yeah. and you're seeing this thing forming and you had a plan for that, but it doesn't look like the plan or what you're seeing doesn't look like what you planned, you know, Hmm. is that a problem or did Hmm. you maybe only see part of what God intended to do? And now the rest of that God's clarifying along the way. Cause for example, um, when I started this online ministry, there was zero desire to do a discord server, Hmm. zoom calls. I didn't have any desire to do that. It wasn't even on my radar. My, my job was at least my plan was, Stick it out in Florida for a little bit. Yeah. Eventually plant a local church, get a building. You know, that typical church planting idea. I thought, yeah. that'll happen. Well, so far that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've actually planted an online church. We, yeah. We've seen an online community form. Not what I expected. Not necessarily if you asked me, do you want this? I wouldn't have said, mm, yeah, I would yeah. have said that. Yeah. So did my plan 
have uh, did I miss it with my plan? Probably. Sure seems mm. like it. Mm. But I made a general plan of what I wanted, and I went after that. And by doing so, God clarified along the way what he was yes. actually doing. So yes. I didn't restrict him and go, hey, I said I'd have a church by now. I said I'd mm. be a pastor of a local church mm. building. But you're doing Zoom calls, and I don't like it, so yeah. I'm going to stop it. Yeah. What I said was, hey, look, Lord, um, I'm doing what you asked. Mm. And what results from that seems to be like people want to meet after the sermon and have Zoom calls, and now we have a Discord church forming. And yeah. you know, I'm an, like I actually like just went with the Spirit and trusted He was leading and forming what He wanted. Yeah. So how do we, you know, make plans without being so strict that there's no opportunity for God to change yeah. it? Again, I think it goes back to the last episode, you know, where I said we manage what we can control. And there's Last only some there's, there's <laughs> check it out. It was good. It was a good way to to enter into this conversation, but there's only so much that I can control. And I think again, like I've said it so many times, uh when we overexpect of God and we make out these uh these expectations for God to uh follow through with, you know, my plans, uh, that's usually when we get most disappointed. But for you, you know, you saw, you had a, you know, a plan, you had a vision of how things might have gone, and it might not have played out the way that you wanted it to, but you adjusted. And I think that's the part that's really important is when you're creating a culture, when you're creating an environment, when you're creating a team, you know, all these different things, you adjust to uh, the culture that that God is cultivating and bringing in, and. I think that's one of the most powerful tools that you can have as not only a creator, but as, as a believer, adjusting to the plans that God has for your life by also managing what I can control along the way, mm-hmm. which is I can make a choice, I can plan things out, but again, allowing room for the Spirit to move in that allows for me uh, to be more open to God rather than so, uh, like you said, restricting you know the spirit Spirit's movement and things like that, because you can. Um, you know, I think that's why there's the verse that says, you know, do not, you know, hide your lamp under a bushel. You have the control of letting that lamp out on the table and setting it out. Like you have that ability to do that. God has given you authority. He's given you, uh, the opportunities of being able to shine his light and glorify him. We've been empowered with that. It's not necessarily this full control over my life where I have no choice and things like that. Mm -hmm. I can see uh, God move through me and the decisions that I've I've made, and I think it's it's a powerful tool when you give God you know the the availability to move uh, through what you're creating. Some people would say, "Yeah, but I made a plan, and if I adjust it, I feel like I'm compromising. You know, mm. I feel like I'm just being lazy. I mm. feel like I I'm not as responsible with this vision God's given me." Yeah. And that kind of leads into the the third question, which is. Uh, how do we know when our plans need to be adjusted versus when we need to keep the plan in place? Mm. In other words, when is it faithfulness to stay committed? Mm. And when is it foolishness to stay committed? Because mm. again, we have the f- the freedom, the God-given ability to make a plan, to, mm. to kind of develop this vision around what we believe God is asking us to do and, and search the scriptures and hopefully yeah. do our best to create this sermon calendar or idea of what our church is supposed yeah. to look like or yeah. you know a vision of what our online ministry or our families are supposed to look like biblically mm-hmm. and when they don't look like that and our plans seem to like not at all fit reality mm-hmm. when do we hold tight to our plans and go god's gonna make it happen god's gonna yeah. make it happen and when do i actually go you know what i 
definitely had wrong expectations of yeah. what God was going to do. Yeah. So I, I need to make some adjustments. Yeah. And I think th- the only way to navigate that, man, there's no universal answer that I can give mm. except that you need to pray consistently. Mm. You really do. Like if you're not praying on a daily basis and communing with God and, and asking for his direction, mm. then you won't really have the wisdom or the confidence to appropriately make those decisions. Discernment yeah. comes from yeah. having my mind renewed. Yeah. And so if I can just spend as much time in the scriptures with God as, uh, on a daily basis as I can, then my discernment will be trained. Hebrews tells us to have your discernments trained. Yeah. We think we're just like, we're given this ultimate discernment when we come to Christ. No, that mm-hmm. thing is sharpened and trained and developed. And so Built the way the that way. you're going to mm. recognize when God's asking you to stay committed to your plan and when he's asking you to adjust it is just to actually have been with the father enough to yeah. recognize his leading, right? Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes we're looking for a way out of our stupid plans. And yeah. We're like, actually I don't want to commit to this. So anything we see, we're like, Oh, God's adjusting and God's going, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You, you you're just, you don't want to stay committed. Yeah. And other times we're like, yeah, God, uh, don't change this plan, please, please, please. And we'll mm. we'll look at what's happening and go, nope, God, you're asking me to stay faithful. And God's saying, yeah. bro, I am telling you that what you thought I was going to do, I'm mm. not doing, and I'm making it yeah. clear. And so yeah. you holding tight to your plan now f- for your finances, yeah. for your house, for your neighborhood, it, it's no longer faithfulness. Mm. It's actually starting to look more like disobedience. So you have to be willing to let go and adjust and also be willing to stay committed to something that doesn't look like it's working if yeah. he tells you to. Yeah. But you have to be hearing from the Father. Yeah. You really do. I think it boils down to, again, like your your version and your perspective of success in that thing. For you, you know, in youth ministry, you told us of a vision that you had where you saw Placer High School. Uh, Still holding to that. Yeah. Yeah. And like... and People think I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't even live there anymore. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, it's like... You saw a football stadium full of kids worshiping Jesus. Your plan or, you know, what you were, you know, planning on doing at at FBC wasn't a failure because that didn't happen in that time. Mm -hmm. Your plan was planting those seeds to what could lead to that. And I think that ultimately it relates to what, you know, I'm planning for in my life and, and the things and the expectations that I have is, you know, do I view my plans as unsuccessful because God takes it another direction? And, or just, you know, it's maybe not the timing. Not necessarily that it just turns another direction, but maybe, you know, I just have to wait on God. You know, kind of like what we talked about a couple episodes ago um, after your series. It might just take some time for that thing that you envision to happen. Mm-hmm. And you may not even necessarily be involved directly in that thing, but you may Bummer. be planting the seeds. David right. had a vision of the temple. Yeah. Yep. So, right. and Moses too, taking the people into the promised land. And, and right. like, there's just so many instances where you see that, where, well, I was called to this thing, but I nece- wasn't necessarily directly in the in the result of that, mm-hmm. right? Abraham, you're going to have land. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I think that can be an encouragement to us today is I get to be a part of something that I might not even see. But are you making the plans to help someone else see it when you're gone? Same with your kids. You know, parents, you're planting seeds in your kids. And who knows what you'll see down the road, you know, when they're 
in their later years and, and they're parenting their kid and, and their kid is parenting their kid, you know, what seeds are you planting in generations to come in your, in your family? You know, however long that might be, you know, are you planting seeds of Christ in your family and the gospel and truth in them? Or are you just allow, allowing them to make the choices that they want to make? So what are, what, you know, what seeds are you planting? I think that's ultimately, you know, what it boils down to when we're, you know, thinking, you know, should my plans be adjusted? You know, like I think it honestly comes back to the question of what is my view of success? Because if, if success is God taking it in another direction and I see him working through my plans or even in his own timing and I might, might not even see it, I think that's probably a better mindset than I need to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I need mm-hmm. to see it. I need to be there. I need, no, like I don't, I don't have to be a part of it. I just need to set the tone and, and plant those seeds. Yeah. Let's work with the farmer analogy because you said planting seeds. Yeah. Farmers have plans for their, you know, their crops and their, their, their land and their whole farm. Like, right. They have, they have plans, but there's a lot you can't account for. There's Mm. a lot that you don't know is going to happen. There's a lot you cannot control. Mm. That doesn't mean they don't make plans because they're like, well, there's some things I can't control. So why plan at all? It's you actually make a general Mm. outline or plan for what you want to happen and then whatever doesn't happen, that's mm. fine. Yeah, I don't think it's a. People would probably say, oh, "I failed because I didn't hear God in my planning." I actually think God allowed you to make the plan you did mm. because if you knew everything He wanted to do, and He actually showed you everything, you probably wouldn't have went forward with it. Yeah, if God showed my wife and I what we'd be doing a year and a half out from moving from California, I don't know that I would have still moved. No. So what He did, He said, "You <laughs> Same. here, make a plan," and yeah. then. Fifty percent of that has happened. The other yeah. fifty scrapped, yeah. trash, mm-hmm. and I think God allows us th- that opportunity and actually works even within mm. our, you know, poor planning. Yeah, um, and it's not a failure where you're like, I misheard God. Mm. I actually think there are some details God purposely kept back from you, yeah. so you wouldn't cower in fear or have the, you know, be crippled from moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think God is is smart in what he chooses to reveal to us, but also mm-hmm. in choosing what he's going to conceal from us. Yeah. And your planning has to account for that. You have limited knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Trust in God to know what you don't. And then when you see things starting to take form and you're like, this is clearly of God, but mm. this is not what I planned. Yeah. You have to trust that what he knows is better than what you planned for. You mm. just don't know it all. So, you know, that's kind of, I think, the best way to close this out is mm. for those of you that are parents and you're planting seeds in your kids and you're hoping certain things happen, um, just know that just because certain things might not happen the way you thought or when you want doesn't mean you shouldn't make plans. Have plans to disciple your kids. Mm. Have plans for your marriage. Have plans for your spouse to know God better. Have mm. have plans to go through the scriptures in a year with your spouse. Have mm. plans to train your children up and at 10 years old they're they're you know fitted to do x y and z well you know have plans but at the same time be open to god adjusting and working within that however he wants Mm. and you have to have the faith to be okay with that faith is not just moving forward often and going god will do this sometimes the biggest example of faith is to be okay with what he's not doing yeah and to actually sit back and go yeah i trust him Mm. even though I don't see it happening the mm. way I thought. Yeah. I didn't see any of the kids that that football stadium filled 
it's going to happen. I, I really do believe that. Yeah. Why God showed it to me, no idea. Yeah. Maybe it sparked the right amount of faith in the right people who would be a part of it. Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to go back there and play a role in that. I don't know. But I do mm-hmm. believe I'm not holding on to something that God's saying let go of. I ask him all the time, like, you've shown me things that I feel stupid for sharing. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just asking, Lord, I actually ask for clarification. I go, yeah. God, am I stupid? Am I dumb for believing this? Did you tell me to do this? Yeah. And I still have that that sense of peace and comfort, and you know, almost like his stamp of approval on it. Yeah. So I, I'm not gonna change my mind. You know, like Abraham had the chance to go. Well, mm-hmm. I guess God didn't say I'm supposed to have a kid. It's been 20 years, mm. 25 years, and then uh, Sarah gets pregnant. And um, what the heck, man? What do you do when yeah. your plans don't go well? Well, the plans of a a man are in his heart, mm-hmm. uh, but Scripture tells us our steps are established by God. Yeah. At the heart of a man plans his way, but God is the one who decides whether your plans will work out or not. Mm. So just be okay with that. Any final yeah. words? Yeah, Hummel and I were talking about this last night. Name drop. Shout out to Hummel. Uh, those of you on the Discord probably know him very well. Uh, but I think this is just like my encouragement to you because this is something that I'm I'm growing through, you know, and I'm sure, you know, maybe you in some way as well. But don't let your your insecurity um, hurt your plans and what you have. And I think for me, I had this grand plan when I was moving here and this idea of how it might go. And yeah, things didn't happen the way I thought. And uh, I went through a, a long, like I'm still going through a long process of, you know, healing and things like that. And, but I, I'm, I'm insecure when I think, you know, what do other people think about me when they see, that things didn't work out in my life, mm-hmm. right? You should have stayed in California, dummy. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. look what you're doing now. Join like, the party. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, that that could be one of the biggest letdowns is when I let my insecurities get in front of and ahead of my plans rather than I know what God has called me to. I know I know what he has offered me in this life in terms of my gifts and, and talents and where I could fit in uh, in the kingdom of God and, and, and help benefit people. I can't let my insecurities or, you know, what I view as failure, right, mm-hmm. uh, get in the way of what I think God has in store for my life, for my family, you know, and things like that. And I, I just want that to be an encouragement to you because if you think and dwell so much on the past and, you know, things that you, uh, mistakes maybe that you've made or, you know, honestly, again, it's your view of success. It's your mm-hmm. view of failure. I think more more often than not the things that we view as failures are more so lessons along the way because they're growing us and maturing us and that's i think what that's what said yeah and that and that's what i needed to hear from who thought, who thought you know from from a you know nba star you know who's has an incredible testimony and things like that you know we can we can learn from the you know what we can view as silliest of things or ironic of things so yeah. Wisdom is crying out in the streets. Mm. All right, guys. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for watching. He didn't watch anything. Thanks for listening. Unless you did on YouTube <laughs> you and just stared us. at the photo. <laughs> that's funny. All right. That's all we got for you. Bye. See ya.
Hey, thanks for listening to today's Above Reproach Church podcast. If you've benefited from this content or this ministry in any way, there are a number of ways you can support what we're doing to help people move towards Jesus. We're completely funded by generous supporters like you, so if you'd like to partner with us financially, you can head to abovereproachministry.com slash donate, and you can give through debit or credit card, you can give through PayPal, Venmo, Patreon, or even just mail a check to P.O. Box 338, Green Cove Springs, Florida 32043. Or grab some of our church merch to represent Jesus on your body wherever you go. Either way, while you're on the website, check out all of our free resources, our online church, my book Fruitful, as well as everything else going on in our online ministry. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep moving towards Jesus.